Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 7 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. Yeah, but you still watch the anime though. This week on Get Jumped, we are returning to One Punch Man as Saitama and Genos head to the House of Evolution. Yeah, um, it's a house that started out as a doghouse, and then it turned into a gazebo, and then it turned into a normal three-bedroom house, kind of like Pokemon. Nope. Whatever, let's just jump in. Welcome back to Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, everybody. Uh, we are, like we said, returning to One Punch Man, and uh, we are specifically watching episodes three and four. Um, and I wanted to, to do the a little previously on One Punch Man thing, just so if, yeah. you, if you missed the first One Punch Man episode, which is episode three of our podcast, Just a Hero for Fun, then you will know what's going on. Um so we have Saitama. He's our protagonist. He is a sort of bald, normal-looking dude who is a super powerful superhero and does that in his free time for fun. Um, yeah. He's so powerful that he can defeat anyone or anything with a single punch. The bad news is that this has made him super bored and kind of depressed. Uh, he meets a cyborg kid named Janos, who's sort of this young, upstart, shonen hero kind of type. Uh, Janos wants to avenge the death of his family and his town, uh, where they were killed by some sort of uh, mysterious cyborg character. And uh, then Saitama and Janos get attacked by all these like weird modified animal people. They are from the House of Evolution, and at the end of the last episode, they found out about the House of Evolution and decided to go and bust the place up. Yeah, so they're they're about to head back to to defeat whatever originally came from this weird house that evolved these like normal creatures into horrible monsters. Um but uh I wanted to take a quick side note here and talk about since we're talking about One Punch Man again and we're talking about it after I've started doing these uh anime memes of the day. I yeah. saw one on there and I wanted to bring it up which was the uh like Caillou and Caillou Shippuden, which is like one of my so favorite things funny. I've ever seen. <laughs> which is just like, like there's a there's another one on there too that's got like um, uh, it's got from Hunter x Hunter, which we're gonna talk about today. We're actually gonna meet. Uh, well, not today, but yeah. we're gonna talk about. We are gonna like talk about it today. Episode. You guys are gonna hear about it next <laughs> week, and don't question us. There's there's a. Uh, there's another meme that's like exactly the same and it's got it's like Saitama and then Saitama Shippuden, which is just the uh the ninja guy from like Hunter X Hunter <laughs> that you meet in the exams. And I was just like, that is so perfect. So that's really like Saitama Boruto or something. I mean I guess so. I, I don't I I really stop myself whenever I want to speak anything about Boruto because I am so upset that that show is even happening in the first place. Uh, you know, I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to say it's a little too early to tell, and we will probably end up watching it anyway. So, you know, in like 12 years when we're done with Naruto. I am not excited about watching Boruto. I, I just... I, it's, it sounds awful to me. I watched like the first couple of episodes of it, and it just made me so mad that I wanted to turn off the TV. Mm. And then, like, I I saw that they were doing the same thing with like Bleach, and I was just like, Ugh. oh man, I haven't even seen that. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, it's like the same. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should talk about the anime that uh, like we're supposed to talk about. Um... That's, oh yeah, that's kind of so. difficult sometimes, but let's do it. These, this is great episodes. This is the obsessive scientist is episode three, and it's uh, it's maybe my favorite episode um, because I love the Carnage Kabuto stuff that we're gonna get to. It's so funny. It's just because he's just a Digimon. <laughs> no way, he's different than a Digimon, but I see the resemblance. 
But it's just like, <laughs> it's the whole, we're going to get to it. I don't want to spoil it. It's hilarious. So the episode opens up on this backstory. So we, we cut in, we don't see our main heroes. It's just like, once upon a time, there was a hero. His name was Genus, not to be confused with Genos, who's our, one of our main characters. Um, Genus was a prodigy who uh, basically made all of these scientific advances, but kind of became disillusioned with humanity as a whole and decided that the only way for humanity to advance was through artificial evolution. And basically he just researches by himself until he turns uh, 70 years old and then makes a giant breakthrough, de-ages himself and clones a million versions of himself to start the House of Evolution, which is a choice. And then you find out that they're just hearing this backstory. Yeah, the, out loud. the deep voiced <laughs> narrator is actually the gorilla cyborg that they beat up last episode, who's talking in a deep voice to sound cool. Which is the same the same thing he said in the last episode when he was talking like a robot. Remember yeah. when he was like, "I'm I'm just talking like a cyborg because I wanted to sound cool." Yeah, so it's this totally is this a guy's bit. character trait. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. So the gorilla is like, hey, my master's interested in you. Uh, he's talking to Saitama. He's like, he's interested in your body. And Saitama's like, I don't swing that way, man. And it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so from there, they they go and they decide that they, they should attack the House of Evolution. Yeah, um, specifically Genos, Genos is like... Is really the- yeah, yeah, Genos is like, let's go, and then Saitama's like, yeah, we have to go because there's a sale tomorrow, so we can't go then. Oh, yeah, and they <laughs> they bake this in at the very start, oh, so this is, you can know. This is a brick joke, you guys. Yeah, it's it's really it's really one of those things that they, they just put these little breadcrumbs of this joke in through this episode, and I'm just like... Uh, while watching it, all I could think about was, like, how good of a comedic writer they must be when they, they're writing this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because, like, those are the kind of jokes that you would see baked into, like, a show like King of the Hill or something like or that. Or Arrested Development, or, like, the co- king of brick jokes. Yeah, where you just, like, you bake this in and we'll see it later. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. So, uh, Genos also takes a second to ask the armored gorilla... If there's any other cyborgs at the House of Evolution, and Armored Girl is like, nah, it's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the clone scientists they they see that they they're coming and that they want to stop them, um, and so uh, Saitama has to first get into the base. And there's a whole bunch of like traps that are going to stop him, but I mean. Yeah, but if he makes it through these traps, they're going to release Carnage Kabuto, which is very frightening to pretty much everybody except the head scientist, which is like the original genus. And he's basically like, we got to do it. And everybody else is freaking out. Uh, There's also, this is (laughs) such a great cutaway joke. I don't even know if you noticed it, Spencer, because I didn't notice it the first, like, I've seen this episode like twice before. And I had never noticed it before. It just looked like a, a landscape shot, and it is not. There is a quick cutaway after Janus and his clones talk about the eight levels of traps that Saitama's going to have to get through. And it's like a, sort of a pathway through the forest next to a sign that has like a bear on it. It's like a bear warning sign. And just like down in the corner is a bear that has been knocked out. With Saitama and Janos, like, continuing to run off in the distance. So they got attacked <laughs> by a bear on their way to the House of Evolution and just knocked it out. I love that there's a trap that's a literal bear trap, but instead of, like, oh, a yeah. trap that catches bears, it is a bear that attacks you as a trap. Yeah, the bear could totally be stage number one of the traps. <laughs> <laughs> He has control of, he has absolute control of these animals, so it's obviously yeah. a bear trap. It, he has taken charge of evolution. It's, it's truly astounding. <laughs> yeah. So, when they arrive, uh, Saitama K- counts down, like, eight stories of the building before Genos destroys it with his fire. And just, just like, immediately. blows a hole in it. He's <laughs> just like, because he has that, like, cool metal gun arm that shoots blasts of heat, and it's pretty sweet but he just destroys it immediately is his response 
Yeah, and then um, they they go down, and you find out like Carnage Kaboto is locked up inside of the basement, and they're sending in like a clone to to make sure that Carnage Kaboto is ready to fight, and he just murders him. Yeah, it's like squishy blood, and it's gross, and then um, the original genus is like. Hey, uh, so you've been killing lots of people, so are you done? And Carnage Kabuto's like, no, I'm not satisfied because I've been locked in here too long. And I am, like, the culmination of the House of Evolution and your quest to make, like, the ultimate being. But then, like, Genus thinks to himself that he's actually considers Carnage Kabuto to be a failure, uh, basically because he's a homicidal maniac. Yeah, Carnage Kabuto is really, really the, uh, he's kind of like, uh, this show's version of Cell, which is... Yeah, a little uh, bit. He almost has a little bit of Nappa to him as well. Um, Really? I don't, I don't really see that much of Nappa inside of him. By the way, we're, we're going to Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, by the way. Yeah. um, If you couldn't pick up on that. Nappa Uh, is one of the first villains from Dragon Ball Z. He is the Saiyan that shows up with Vegeta. And he's yeah. also, he's like the bald, mustachioed, kind of burly guy that is Vegeta's space butt buddy or whatever. And then, yeah. uh, well, I mean, if you don't know Cell, I don't, I don't know what to... <laughs> it, I like that there's a, there's like an entire subculture that, uh has seen Dragon Ball Z and is, like, caught completely up to date with it, and they just put Cell fighting against, like, different, um, different characters from different anime universes, and they just put them into, like, the, the ring where he fights against, uh, what, what's his name, Mr. Satan? I can never remember his name in the American version. Hercule. Hercule. Yeah, because I only saw the American version for a long time, and when I found out his name was Mr. Satan, I was really, like... What do I do? It's Mr. Satan. <laughs> Except for he's like the least frightening character on I know. the entire show. Also, isn't there so, like literally like a devil character in there that's not Mr. Satan? Oh yeah. I mean it's uh the guy that fights Deborah. with uh, Bobbity. Deborah. Yeah. Which which sounds like a like which sounds just like a very like like sassy woman that would be inside of a show that would would tell you that you're wrong about things. They're just mispronouncing Deborah. <laughs> you have to think somebody got the script for Dragon Ball Z and was like, one of these characters' name is Deborah and it's him. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. Don't pronounce it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to what the show. What show were we talking about? Talking about? <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so when... Let's get back. Okay, so Carnage Kabuto, by the way, inside of our notes, Blake has written Carnage Kabuto down as CK, and all I can think about now is just, like, Louis CK fighting against Saitama. Yeah, go ahead and think that way. So, I think this is a great opportunity to describe what Carnage Kabuto looks like. He's a giant, muscly, brown skinned, or maybe brown carapace, because Kabuto is a beetle. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like... He's humanoid, but he has, he's huge, and he has brown skin with kind of, like, red or pink lines through it, and then... Yeah, and he's he's also, like, a, a very prevalent uh, comedian inside of the United States, and he has two daughters. Uh-huh, and with the goatee. a couple of Netflix specials a year. And yeah, al- he's got red hair. And also a giant horn coming out of his forehead. Yeah, I mean, that's true of Louis C.K. and Carnage Kabuto. Yeah, obviously. I figured we could just wrap that one up to get, since that's the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Happens. Anyways, so uh, so Carnage Kabuto approaches Saitama and Genos and immediately attacks Genos. Right. He's because... He basically like runs up and is like, oh, this isn't the guy I'm here to fight, so I might as well just kill him right now and get it out of the way. And he just, like, knocks Genos into a wall and then turns to Saitama and is like, let's go to the combat room. And it's super shonen anime, like, all the way. Yeah. It's definitely just, like, every single white room that you would fight in instead of any anime that has, like, a fight training sequence. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the da- it's kind of like the danger room. 
I was so I was thinking of Dragon Ball Z because you were just talking about it, where they have the um, the cell games on that just giant white brick square in the middle of the desert. What the hell were they doing? Also, they have that weird room where time passes differently, and it's not like it's not like this where the it's like white panels. Chamber. Yeah, the hyperbolic time chamber, but it's like a oh, yeah. a misty nondescript area. Well, yeah, but that's like a different universe where time passes more fastly. Like it, it more travels fastly. faster, so that more fastly <laughs> time passes. By the way, more if, quick like for for everybody who's wondering, um, right now uh, where I am has uh, has somebody that's playing mandolin downstairs. What? So if you hear somebody like strumming on an instrument, that is uh, just the person that lives here playing around on a mandolin. I wish Don't I could be upset hear that about right this. now. <laughs> we have uh, it's Wednesday, so the Holiday Club is having motorcycle nights. So you might get a little bit of that too. Mm, motorcycles mm. and mandolins. <laughs> All right, so um, so, so see, <laughs> Carnage yeah. Kabuto immediately attacks uh, attacks Saitama as they get inside of the room, um, and he's in his like first form, so. Like, be aware that he's he's one of those characters that's going to continue to progress and get more and more crazy as it goes along. Wait, no, he doesn't attack Saitama because Genos shows up. And Genos is not oh, yeah. dead. And, like, basically, Saitama and Carnage Kamoto are facing off. And Saitama's pissed because he hurt Genos. And Carnage Kamoto is, like, ready to, to brawl. And Genos just arrives and is like, no, you're not done with me, and like blasts him, and it's really cool, but it doesn't do anything, because Carnage Kabuto is so strong, and um, he just like bats Genos away, and then Saitama catches him from like crashing against the wall or whatever. And yeah. uh, Genos launches like one last like full power super heat blast. But then Genos, or sorry, uh, Carnage Kabuto just like literally blows it back at them, like with his breath. I think Genos even thinks to himself, like he did that just with his breath, and is shocked. And then, uh, basically, the only thing that comes from all of this is that Genos is still not going to be able to be in this fight, and now his hair is all frizzy and like an afro because of the heat. But yeah. Saitama's like, oh, like Carnage Kabuto, he's like pretty powerful. Uh, this might be fun. Yeah. So he's he's getting ready to fight him, and then he he really wants to get uh, an answer from Saitama though, because doesn't he doesn't he start getting into like he as soon as he gets into the fight, that's when he starts pressuring him about like how Saitama became so strong. It's awesome because Carnage Kabuto has been built up as this like incredibly powerful, super dangerous, fearless character, and he like, immediately starts sort of flash-stepping around Saitama after the whole thing with Genos. And then, like, he gets right up to sort of behind over one of Saitama's shoulders. And Saitama just kind of looks at him, and Carnage Kabuto screams and, like, and, like runs away flies from all the way to the end of the room, like, back against the wall with his arms. Like, he looks like he wants to be anywhere else. And he realizes, basically, that, like, Saitama would have killed him if he had attacked and, yeah. like, is terrified of this guy's power. And Carnage Kabuto yeah. starts screaming, like, how did you become so strong? And pretty yeah. much everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> what's the deal? Because this is, oh, Genus, the <laughs> scientist guy's in here, too. And he's like, yeah, yeah. tell us. This is, like, why you're here. I want to know. This is, like, one of the greatest moments that you completely bitch last so people in the face good. over I think, watching the show. I think this counts as a brick joke, too, because it's kind of been built up over the last two episodes. Like, this guy's <laughs> insanely powerful. We've seen, like, really brief clips of him training, but we don't know what happened. Like, does he have superpowers? How did he go from, like, this dude that worked a 9 to 5 to being this insanely superpowered hero? And now he's going to tell us. <laughs> And he's like, my intense training regimen is a hundred push-ups, a hundred sit-ups, a hundred squats, plus a ten-kilometer run every day. Make sure you eat three meals a day, just a banana for breakfast. Don't use AC or heat to strengthen the mind. After a year and a half, Saitama went from bald and became strong. Saitama says humans begin as strong because, what did you say inside of here? Human beings the are strong because ourselves? we have the power to change ourselves. 
and, which yeah, is actually and so, pretty sweet. Like, but like he he's cuts to like everybody else though, and they're just like, "What? What are you talking?" Yeah, and Genos is like notes that this is not even like that stringent of a training regimen, and calls him out on it for not being his real secret. But Saitama's like, "No, that's what I did." Because that's like you think about it. Like, okay, probably most of the people listening couldn't do this regimen just randomly. Like, a hundred push-ups is a lot. A hundred sit-ups is a lot. A hundred squats is a lot. A ten-kilometer run that, for people who are not blessed with the metric system, is about six point two miles. That's a decent run, you know. So, like, these are good workouts, but at the same time, like. If you do that fairly consistently, it's not that crazy, and you're probably not going to be anything more than in fairly decent shape. <laughs> so everybody, but, nobody believes him. Yeah, and so Carnage Kabuto gets very, very upset by this because he's just like, "You can't be that strong," and so he decides to transform. Yeah. Right, this is what you were mentioning earlier, which is the classic anime trope of, like, this isn't even my final form kind of thing. So he goes into what's called his carnage mode. So his skin turns purple, and the red or pink lines turn into, like, this neon green. He's like a neon, like, glowing beast, and he's he gets huge, uh, even bigger than he was. Like, he's he's maybe almost twice as big as Saitama. And if he had more of a bug face, though, he would look like like the second evolved form of what's his name? Tentomon. That looks like you're yeah. talking about Kabuterimon, obviously. Am I? Yeah, Kabuterimon. Kabuterimon, and yeah, if Kabuterimon was like instead of being spindly bug body, if it was giant muscly body, you know, he looks a lot like. Um, he looks like a lot like Buzzwall from uh, the most recent generation of oh Pokemon. Oh my god, he does look like Buzzwall. Yeah, if you play Pokemon, he looks a lot like Buzzwall, except Buzzwall's yeah. red and Carnage Kabuto goes from brown to purple. Or you could call him by his, his true name, which is uh, Buzzswall, because he is swole as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they made that reference today in a video that I was watching about Pokemon. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Yeah, he also has, like, teeny tiny legs, and I'm like, he does he not have his like leg day. game on. Yeah, he skips leg day, which is disappointing, but I still love him. Don't skip leg yeah. day, kids. Yeah. So, be like so... Saitama. <laughs> so, uh, Genus, is, like, warns Carnage Kabuto, he's like, you can't go into Carnage mode, you'll go on another rampage. And Carnage Kabuto, you know, is doing this sort of, like, stereotypical anime... Like, he's sort of crazed and yelling. And I'm thinking, too, because I'm listening to the X-Men podcast, um, this is also kind of reminiscent of a lot of, like, comic book villains, where they just kind of, like, go onto a diatribe about, like, their plan or their powers or whatever. So Carnage Kabuto just starts yelling that this Carnage mode uh, causes him to lose control and go on a killing rampage for a whole week, which means that he will be on a rampage until next Saturday, and Sa- Saitama, like, gets this horrified, stricken look on his face. Like, you know, clearly terrified of this, you know, dangerous, murderous rampage that's about to happen for a whole week. Right, Spencer? No, it's obviously because there is a sale, and it is on Saturday, and he thinks it's Friday. So he thinks his sale is this happening is tomorrow, basically, but it is happening today. This is just the action anime version of that one episode of The Office where Jim pranks Dwight into thinking that Thursday is actually Friday so that he won't come in the next day. It also reminds you that Saitama is basically just a little old lady uh, because he is obsessed with sales and he like has a little coin purse that he carries around. Oh my and god, he's obsessed yes. with exact change. It's so funny. Yeah. So, basically, Carnage Kabuto is screaming, like, at one point he literally just screams, like, die or kill over and over again. And he, there's this, it's a, this really cool animation moment, because basically, like, the big white room turns into, like, a sort of dark room where the lines between the red, or the lines between the white panels become, like, these glowing red lines, and it's this super stylized sequence 
and Carnage Kabuto is literally just punching Saitama all around the room. Um, oh, and the reason he went into Carnage, but I think we missed this, was that like after Saitama reveals how strong he got, Carnage Kabuto basically comes to the conclusion that his fear from earlier was unwarranted. This guy's just some asshole, and he can kill him. So oh, yeah. he's just punching him all over the place, and Saitama is just thinking to himself about how like he's made this horrible mistake. But the the mistake that he's made is that today is Saturday and not Friday. So today is the day that the sale that he mentioned earlier is happening. And he's got to go or he's going to miss the sale. And just instantly Carnage Kabuto is like exploded into blood and gu- in guts from the single punch from Saitama. And, like, basically before the dust has cleared, Saitama is standing next to Genos and being like, uh, we gotta go to make this sale. I can't believe I forgot it. Genos is like, yeah, we can make it if we run. And they just, like, burst Explode through the wall. Explode a hole in the wall. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely Kool-Aid man completely through that wall. Oh, yeah. I like, see. Now I think of, of bursting through a wall as an X-Factor thing instead of a Kool-Aid man thing. But you're right. No, <laughs> he's the original. Even if I think maybe the Kool-Aid might post-date X-Factor. But we're going to give it to him. Yeah, and then Genus, uh, Genus is kind of like I'm gonna give up on this evolution thing. It's not, it's not really that that good of a thing to do. Right. Then you have, uh, then you have like slow plinky plunky exit music, and then you have uh, your intro into the next episode. If you want to talk about that real quick, Blake. Yeah, this is again. Each episode has a post credit scene, and um, this one has. I don't even know what this is. I either haven't seen this far or I don't remember it, but basically there's mysterious guys in suits. They are at the location where the house of evolution stood, but remember Genos blasted it into smithereens with um, his like heat gun arm. And so they're like picking through the scorch marks. It's totally like the end of the Iron Man movie when the shield agents are like all forming up around Mjolnir. Um, and they they have determined that the scorch marks left here are from the devastating power of a young cyborg. And it's very portentous, and it does not come up in the next episode. And like I said, I don't remember what it's about, and I guess we'll find out maybe. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, so, I guess so. Um, the next episode is called The Modern Ninja. Yeah, um, even though so, at least the first half has little to no ninja action in it. Oh, absolutely not. It's it's uh it starts out with these uh they're so stupid. They're like these egghead so guys inside of robot suits. I hate them so much. Oh my god, no. All I can think about I totally felt the same way. Like I didn't like them the first time I watched this episode and this time I was like, "Oh, I get it. Like it's such a good parody because of the conflict it causes for Saitama and I was all about it." Yeah, but I mean, the thing that makes me so annoyed with them, though, is that they're like a clear, like a a clear joke that is written for these characters immediately as I see them. So, like, as soon as I see them, I'm like, hey, their armor does not go over their heads. And I'm like, that's going to play something later on in this episode. (laughs) But it just immediately annoyed me because I was just like, what suit doesn't come with a helmet or anything? Anyways. I'm sure lots of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so the, main, the main person is named Hammerhead. Yeah. Which is also a stupid name. <laughs> I, I almost feel like it's a... Isn't that a Bond villain? Hammerhead, isn't that the name of one of the Bond villains? I don't think so, but it, it's a it's a kind of shark, so... Well, yeah, that's so true. That's the same, right? Uh, but neither of those things are relevant to this Hammerhead. Uh... He's basically uh, a militant socialist and is sort of screaming about why, like, why do we have to work to feed ourselves? We work like slaves just to get by in the world while rich people live in luxury. Uh, And it actually was pretty prescient with the current American climate. So I thought that was interesting, but he's not maybe the best spokesman for it because he... like basically the camera zooms out and he and his band of ruffians are completely being ignored 
Um, oh yeah, they're they're not important in this, right. this town. Nobody cares about what they're saying. So they're called the Paradisers, and as Spencer was just mentioning their suit, they have this sort of uh, kind of like a power suit. It almost looks like the old Mega Man design, where it's kind of like you know round. I don't know metal orb things around like their you know shoulders and stuff, and then just sort of like a vague nondescript body suit or whatever between uh yeah. and it kind of to me you know we were talking last time about how the the writer of one piece uh, one is not a particularly good artist and it kind of i felt like this was maybe one of those moments where he just sort of like drew a kind of generic armor thing without a lot of detail um particularly because mm. it has to be on a large group of people but uh, it totally works because the suits are kind of a joke. Um, yeah. And then you see, like, the devastating power actually of the suit, though. Because yeah. Because they arrived at this building that they think is owned by, like, this super, super rich guy instead of the city. Yeah. And so, like, he tells one of his, like, henchmen to just, like, punch this building down. And he immediately does. He just, like, devastates this building in one punch. Right. And it, like, completely falls down. And then you cut to... Well, they... We, uh, so Moomin Rider? We... Before we see Moomin Rider, the uh, the best thing is, like, they punch this building down, again, because they think it's this rich guy's place. And then they they talk about, like, oh, man, it was the right move to steal these power suits. So they, they did not make them. They stole them from somewhere. And oh, then yeah. they realize that this building they just knocked down wasn't the right one. And the right building is, like, across town. And Hammerhead is just like, uh, everybody makes mistakes. And they, they just go to <laughs> knock down the correct building. It's so great. Yeah. All right, um, Moomin Rider. I wanted to get to Moomin Rider because he's one of my favorite things inside of the show. It's so, so awesome. Moomin Rider is... He's just, like, the complete uh, foil to Saitama. He is this person that is a hero that focuses so much on being a hero. He probably does the same training regimen as, like, Saitama does, except for he has none of the powers. Instead, he's just a guy on a bike who helps people. Yeah, it is <laughs> hilarious. We, the, we actually first see him in a tree... Like, above a kid getting this kid's balloon out of the tree and helping it him. Uh, he, like, hands the kid the balloon and then sees the smoke of the falling building off in the distance and rides away on his bike. And then we cut to Saitama. And he wakes up from a dream and yells something nonsensical. And then he turns on the news and he sees the destruction that the Paradisers are causing across town, and Saitama could not care less. But then, all of a sudden, they announce that all of the Paradisers are unemployed men with shaved heads. <laughs> He's like, that's my look! <laughs> that's my look! He's, and the reporter specifically is also like, and if you see anybody with a shaved head, like, be afraid of them, don't go near them, that's bad news, and Saitama is determined now to destroy them all yeah because now they've he they this news report has made everybody a baldist so they have uh racism against bald people yeah you know which is an epidemic yeah especially <laughs> in japan anyways um so the paradisers are going um they're they're really making things not not super easy for them the people in town are like put up like a police and riot, riot, riot police outside. Yeah, now that and they've Moomin knocked Rider down a building, come people to are challenge attention. them. Oh my gosh, I am so happy because like Moon Rider shows up and he's like, "I'll challenge you," and it like it's like cut to defeated. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. He's like, he shows up and it's super heroic. And there's even like people in the audience or in the crowd around are like, "Oh my god, it's Moon Rider! We're saved!" It's so amazing. Yeah. So, um, what did you put down here? Who is this person? I don't remember Zenru. Oh, that's, uh, oh, I think I misspelled it. That's, uh, that's the rich guy, Zeniru. Oh, uh, so, yeah. The, which, like, the, Zeni, the I think, is a unit of money, so it's a play on that. 
And um, so basically, like, Zeniru's this, I don't know, stereotypical rich dude. And uh, one of his advisors is like, you got to get out of here. But then a ninja by the name of Sonic, which I can only think of as the hedgehog, so that's very confusing. This, uh, this ninja's sort of, like, vaguely feminine man. Um, and he's like, no, you don't have to worry because you have this ninja in your employ and I will kill all of the paradisers. And it's, can I point out that the episode that everybody who's listening to this, I'm assuming is listening to the episodes in order. So they just (laughs) listened to the, the newest episode about Naruto which means they listened to an episode where a super rich guy hired a ninja to defeat these people that are coming after them. Mm, Just going to point that out. You're pretty close. I mean, yeah, the, well, to be fair, he's going after them in Naruto. So it's a little uh, bit of an inversion. Yeah, a little but, bit of one. But I mean, like, I mean, you this, see the similarities. Well, yeah, and I mean, again, One Piece, or One Piece, oh my god, One Punch Man is very specifically, like, a lampoon and a parody of other anime and manga series, and, like, Naruto is one of the biggest of all, so, like, there is no universe in which this ninja is not directly related to Naruto. Oh, yeah, and we haven't really talked about it as much inside of, like, uh, our episodes before this, but um, we we get a lot of this information that we talk about sometimes with, like, uh, like TV tropes and anime tropes, and we, we've talked about that a little bit, but it's it's really cool to see here that you see, like, them making fun of this anime trope, which is the rich guy that hires the villain to do the thing. Yeah. I don't know if he's got, like, uh, a character name inside of, like, the the wiki for anime tropes, but, I mean, there's there's a lot of them inside of there. Like, um, this this character, Sonic the... Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Ninja Hedgehog um, is, is just the assassin character from, like, the anime wiki. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he... He's off to kill these guys. The Paradisers, meanwhile, are advancing on Zeniru's building. And uh, the Zeniru's building has literally, like, a golden pile of shit on it. Like, the top of the building is uh, basically a gilded poop emoji. And they note that the building is known as the Golden Turd. So I don't know what Zeniru's up to, but it's something. Yeah, he's he's uh he's amassed his riches from like a um like a porta potty franchise. Probably. <laughs> so so the uh basically the paradisers are essentially on the other side of a a forest from this this building that they're advancing on. So they head into the woods and then Sonic the Ninjahog appears and from he appears from a shadow. It's really cool. Like they're they're walking up to like a. This sounds weird. Like a stick in the ground, like a a large, uh, almost like a pole that you would attach like a, a line to at like the amusement park or something like that. But it's just kind of in the middle of the path, and the yeah. shadow that's extending out from it. This ninja guy literally just like rises up from it, and it's awesome. Um. And he's like, hey, the deal is nobody's ever survived a fight with me. And if you want to survive, you can run and I won't kill you. And they d- respond by attacking him. And he immediately decapitates everyone except for Hammerhead, who like puts his hands up by his face to stop Sonic from decapitating him. Yeah, which shows the weakness in their armor, which is that their heads are just exposed. Yeah. So, you like, know? he just cuts off their heads. Yeah. Done and done. So, like, literally all of the Paradisers are dead, except for Hammerhead, the leader. Yeah. And in the meantime, Saitama is making his way across town while being uh, accused of being a terrorist. Yeah, he's by, literally like, just being accosted by the populace. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as he's, like, making it across town, we, like, cut back to Hammerhead who is trying to trap Sonic so because Sonic is moving like so fast. Yeah. Oh man. He is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> He's yeah. I 
you have to think like it's it might be a specific reference because the show is all about making references and like none of his design really like resembles Sonic the Hedgehog in any way aside from his name and his speed but like Sonic is a really major character from Japan like you'd have to think that they would at least be aware of the comparison if not doing it intentionally yeah, and the the next thing that happens to him though is he he throws a kunai at um Hammerhead's stupid giant head, and it gets stuck in the back of his head, and he just like goes down. Yeah, but like Hammerhead, it looks like he's dead, but he actually survives because uh, it turns out that like he is called Hammerhead because his head's really thick, I guess. So sure. Mm-hmm. So Hammerhead, like, runs away and runs into Saitama, walking through the woods. Um, And then we get a little quick cutaway. We see Genos. um, He's being repaired after the fight with Carnage Kabuto. And um, sort of thinks about how Saitama has saved his life a couple of times. And this basically just kind of gives us a break in the action before we head into this episode's climax. Yeah, and so Saitama and Hammerhead are there. They're talking to each other. Saitama notes that uh, he he's there on a personal mission to like um, find Hammerhead and punch him to death. Yeah. Uh. So. But- <laughs> yeah, he Hammerhead basically. Um, <laughs> Hammerhead tries to punch Saitama. And Saitama's, like, not happy because the super suits are, have a lame design, and the only thing that they do is give super strength, and so he's, like, you know, his thing is, like, he's perennially bored, and this isn't gonna solve that, you know? Um, so Hammerhead is, like, super offended by this, and he unleashes the suit's full power, which basically, it, I think he calls it, like, spinning attack or something like that, is literally just spinning his arms in, like, windmills at his sides, like a toddler, but super fast. <laughs> yeah. It, it, he, even Saitama even thinks to himself, like, oh, I used to do that a lot when I was a kid, and then just, like, grabs the arms and stops them amid- immediately. But then he's like, oh, Hammerhead's kind of a lot like me. And so he, like, punches this Hammerhead so that the suit explodes, and the ha- Hammerhead is left, like, naked in the woods, but he's survived it. And so Thomas just like, don't be bad anymore. And then Hammerhead runs away. Yeah. And then you have uh, Sonic challenging against Saitama, which God, it, is it looks very like it's going to be. That his name is Sonic. Yeah, but it, he's he's challenging Saitama um, for Hammerhead's location. And Sonic throws a kunai at Saitama, which he immediately catches. And then he tries to stab him, but Saitama catches that too and breaks the sword. And then uh, Sonic mentions that he's never heard of Saitama before. Saitama's and it, so it sort upset. of gets at, like, how are you, how have you, you know, like, how have I never heard of you? And Saitama's just like, how have you not heard of me? I know, it's so great. So... Um, so Sonic's like, I can't allow you to, to simply walk away because of my ninja pride. And, um, what does he say? He's like, there's like this innocent smile bit. Do you remember what that is? No, not really. He's like, you have such an innocent smile or something. And then Sonic just gives this like super creepy smile. Oh yeah. He's got like that horrible (laughs) dead monster face. (laughs) So funny. So, so basically Sonic starts flash-stepping all over the place, which I I guess we've used this phrase a few times. Flash-step is a really common, almost exclusively an anime. The only thing that I I can think of off the top of my head that's not an explicit flash-step, or that is an explicit explicit flash-step outside of anime, is like the way that vampires move in Vampire Diaries where they move almost too fast to be seen or literally too fast to be seen. Flash step is basically what happens when somebody uh, is so fast that they are sort of functionally teleporting. Um, yeah, and the the name flash step comes from, um, bleach, comes from right? bleach. Yeah, that's what they call yeah, it there. Because, mm-hmm. So, like, when they, when they move through space, it's like, 
you you basically you're moving super fast um but there's there's also like some characters inside the show that can like cut holes in space we'll cover bleach at some later moment i i'm sure yeah even if Um, we don't cover it on the show we should at least cover it on the blog but like it's great and we'll get to it but yeah flashed up it's not a thing that bleach invented like it's been around, but Flash Step is what they called it in Bleach, and that's sort of the name that stuck. Um, yeah. and, and Flash Stepping basically has two results. So either one character Flash Steps and, like, appears somewhere, and the other character thinks to themselves, I didn't even see him move. Or one character Flash Steps, the other character Flash Steps, and we have a long shot of the area where they're fighting with sort of blitzing lines going back and forth and maybe some flashes of light where they're connecting. And that's basically it. Either one of them can flash step or both of them can flash step and they do. And that's sort of what happens every time, except this time. Yeah, because this time Sonic is moving super, super fast around him and he's just like, he can't stop me. He can't, he can't do anything about me. And so he, um, he comes down on Saitama like he's about to attack him and Saitama turns around, puts his fists out and stops himself. But Sonic is moving so fast that like he can't stop himself. And so he just like nut checks himself onto Saitama's fist. Yeah, and, and it's so, like you see like the the like his the balls like, go it's around like a slow mo uh, you know like impact into his crotch and it's so funny. <laughs> and he like jumps off and he's just like oh no and Saitama's like oh I stopped myself but I guess you couldn't stop yourself before you <laughs> yeah. ran into it. Saitama's like I didn't mean to do that and Sonic is just, like, cross-legged and sweating across the way, like, yelling at Sa- at Saitama that he's going to dedicate his life to training until he can defeat Saitama one day. And that's the end of their confrontation. And then we just, like, we see Saitama is back at home, and he is telling Genos the story of his day. And, uh, basically, he's like, uh... Genos is like, oh, Sonic was just a nuisance. And Saitama's like, well, I mean, you know, you are too. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. His little slight insults to Genos right. every time he talks to him. Yeah, he's, I mean, they are companions, but not necessarily close. So Saitama's like, I'm really stressed out because of this problem that I'm having. And the problem is that nobody knows who I am. I've been defeating villains and monsters for three years and I've done it more than any other heroes, and nobody knows him at all. And in fact, either right before or right after this, you see a shot on the news of Moomin Rider getting the credit for defeating the Paradisers, even though <laughs> yeah. it was the combined efforts of Sonic and uh, Saitama. And not Moomin Rider Not at even all. at all. Yeah. So... Genos brings up the fact that there is this thing that we haven't heard about yet, yeah. which you've seen like a little allusion to at the very start of the show, which is the hero registry. Mm-hmm. And that was so, where Smile um, Man he, and Lightning whatever came from. Yeah. God, that, so so Genos is like, I haven't felt the need to sign up for it, but if you're really interested in doing this and being heard about this, you should go sign up for the hero registry because then you can be like, you know, people will you know your name. Yeah, you'll be official. Thing. And it also specifically on the website for the hero registry says that non-registered heroes are just weirdos spouting nonsense and viewed with suspicion. <laughs> Great. So, Anyways, so basically, we Gen- get to the end of that episode. Yeah, and Genos is like, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't want to join. But Saitama's like, no, if you want to be my disciple, I'll make you my disciple, but you have to register with me. <laughs> so, so, so Genos agrees. And then we like, we uh, cut away to um, Hammerhead is in the forest, still naked, and he gets killed by these mysterious robot guys. Except that, once again, he has survived thanks to his super hard skull. And then right before the end credits, um, you see, like, one of those things where One Punch Man kind of mixes in, like, social commentary and poignancy. 
So Saitama is listening to a news broadcast about the Paradisers and this threat that, you know, has um, been removed from the city. And these like talking head people are talking about like these guys were just unemployed and that led to them being vagrants. And Saitama is just like, oh, you know, like that's pretty much how I am. You know, we're not really so different like that. I could have become that. Um, And it's kind of a cool moment. Yeah, and then you have an after you have an after credit scene, which is pretty quick. Which is just Saitama standing in front of the area with many other people preparing to go into the hero test for location six. It's just like him getting ready to go in. It's it's not really an important one. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. You know, presumably we'll see what he's up to with the hero test next time, and um. That's all we're covering today. I think that might be our quickest episode. Nah, I mean, we've we've we still went for a while, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyways, but I just uh, felt like <laughs> more. Than, you know, it's not like we didn't digress, but I think we did maybe like a slightly better job staying on topic, except for that one time where we talked about Dragon Ball Z for like five minutes. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, more things that are not important to the show. Right, right perfect. Uh, Sounds obviously. great. <laughs> anyways no 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 we'll we'll get back to uh we'll get back to some more stuff next week and stick around after the credits uh to hear about what we're covering which is obviously hunter x hunter Woo! blake and spencer get jumped is made by forever summer productions with sound editing work done by rashad english of plain english productions he's our level four sound wizard our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way if you want to help us keep releasing episodes without the use of ads please consider supporting us on patreon patrons get exclusive member content as well as unlocking group perks follow us on twitter at b and s get jumped and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. New episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, and review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. Next week, Hunter x Hunter teaches us a valuable life lesson. That is, never trust a stranger who offers to give you juice. Don't do that. <laughs>